thank you for tuning in. We trust you will feel encouraged, uplifted, and inspired to build God's kingdom with us. Enjoy the message. Hello, Barnies. Let me ask you a question. Who on earth came up with the idea that there is value in our wilderness experience in our lives? Who came up with that idea? But it seems like it is true, even from the scriptures. And I want us to learn some lessons from the lives of the Israelites, from their journey with God. And over the next few weeks, I want to pick up from right where they went into slavery, uh, their deliverance experience, and then their wilderness experience, and then their ultimate freedom in Canaan. And so we're going to learn some lessons, and I would like you to journey with me as we go through that. But every time we get together, I want to tell you that God's destination was not slavery, it wasn't uh, the wilderness, but His destination has always and will always be the promised land on the other side of all of these experiences. So follow me as we go through this slavery, wilderness uh, experience into what God maybe intends for you and me as an individual as well. Joseph. You know the story about Joseph. Joseph was sold by his brothers to the Egyptians that came past. And there's a long story of Joseph's ups and downs. And eventually lands up in prison. And eventually lands up in the house of Pharaoh. Where he was so uh, respected. And Pharaoh was so impressed with his wisdom. That, that he became the second in charge in Egypt. And God was in that as well. God was in and through his painful wilderness slave experiences. Right into the promised land for Joseph as well. So if you read the book of Exodus, you will see here that at a certain time in Israel, in Canaan, there was a famine. So now Joseph was in Egypt. His brother, uh, his father, with all his brothers, were, uh, 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 were not there. And so eventually the, uh, Joseph's whole family, because of the famine in Canaan, landed up in Egypt with them. And, and, and the Bible says there were about 70 Individuals that came over. The clan uh, was about 70. So they landed up. They moved into Egypt. The conditions were so much better. And obviously he was with his son Joseph. For the next 430 years, the Israelites prosper in Egypt. They rapidly multiply. They became a nation of about 3 million people. And in the beginning, that was all fine with the Pharaoh. He was happy with that. He did not see them as a threat. In fact, he encouraged them to love, to work, and to prosper in Egypt as well because of Joseph. Their numbers became so great that the Pharaoh, the next Pharaoh, became quite nervous about the increase in numbers. And the fear was in his mind and in his heart that these Israelites would become so powerful and because there are now so many that they would become a nation within Egypt that would turn against the Egyptians in a time of war. So he had a plan and his plan was to enslave them. He would make them do hard work. They had to build cities. They had to build roads. And in the end, at the end of the day, they would be so tired that they would not be able to produce children. That's what the Bible says. You see, the work of, uh, of, of, of e in Egypt became so hard 
And it wasn't just the hard work that was the problem. It was the motive, the motive of the Egyptian pharaoh and the leaders of the Egyptians was cruel in nature. Egypt was a land filled with Israelites. They had been fruitful. They multiplied. They uh, contributed to the economy. And they did just exactly what God told them to do in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, and chapter 9, verse 1. The Lord blessed them and said, Go and be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. In chapter 9, verse 1, then the Lord blessed Noah later and his son saying, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. That was God's intention. That was God's plan for them. And, and that plan was emphasized again uh, in, in Abraham's life. And that we believe that blessing goes down to us as descendants of Abraham spiritually as well. In Genesis chapter 17 verse 6 it says, I will make you fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. In Genesis 47 verse 27, now the Israelites settled in Egypt, talking about now, then, and in a region called Hashem. And they acquired property and they were fruitful and increased greatly in numbers in Egypt. You see, as a nation, Israel has always and were always destined to be blessed and to be a blessing. As a nation, Israel was always blessed by God. We still see it today in Israel. And wherever they have been as a group of people, they have contributed, multiplied, and blessed the economy wherever they have been. But now in Egypt, let me take you back, under the previous administration, the Israelites had royal permission from the top to go and do exactly this, to possess land, to grow, and to become wealthy. That's what they did. The new king sends this as a threat. Their numbers became too many for him. He saw this as a national security, a threat to national security. And he decided, as the Bible says in Exodus 1.10, to deal shrewdly with them. We are not told whether the Israelites actually did become a threat, a genuine threat. But we, we know that Pharaoh saw them as a threat. You see, working hard physically is taxing, but in itself, there's nothing wrong with it. It, it is actually a good thing. But what made the situation in Egypt so hard for the Israelites is that they become slaves and were treated extremely harshly. The Egyptian masters worked, the Bible says, ruthlessly with them. They made their lives bitter. They made life extremely hard for them. They subjected them to cruel service to Egypt and the Pharaoh. And the Bible says that as a result, the Israelites were weakened in misery and in suffering and suffered with a broken spirit. And I believe that you can imagine this kind of treatment uh, can really break a person's spirit. You see, work is a chief component of our lives. And I believe that we should 
enjoy our work and, and enjoy it. It's one of those things we as human beings should enjoy. But this here in, in Egypt for the Israelites turned into misery because of harshness and because of oppression. There was a time when is Egypt was a good country for the Israelites to live in. They were not oppressed. As I said, Jacob was blessed to bring his family and 70 of his descendants into Egypt. It was God's provision for them because of the drought in Canaan. So Egypt was not always a bad place for them. They enjoyed God's blessing. They enjoyed pro prosperity. They grew as a nation and into a nation. And they contributed to the economy of Egypt and became a blessing to Egypt as well. But this was seen later as a threat by the Pharaoh. You see, let me just take one step into your direction and mine here today as well. I believe that as Christians... We should be like the Israelites. We can help our Egypt, where we live, to prosper. And the Bible speaks about us as foreigners as well. There is a Canaan, there is a promised land. We'll get to that later as well. So our Egypt is probably exactly where you and I are living at this time. And God, I believe, wants us as His children to contribute to the prosperity of our Egypt. Through all the nations, as I said, God's people were always a blessing in the world that they lived in wherever they settled. It seems like the hand of God has never lifted from His people, from Israel, and from those who truly love Him, a spiritual Israel, you and me. I believe we as Christians can see the hand of God, the blessing of God now, the prosperity of God now, in similar ways to what the Israelites saw it in Egypt. There are many promises in God's Word that He will bless us, and He will bless us as people, that our needs will be met, that we will uh, uh, prosper in every area of our lives if we are obedient to Him. You see, God blesses us in a time like this. And I believe with all my heart that Christians who are obedient to the Lord and are following God's principles will be blessed in this time so that we will be a blessing in our Egypt. I'm already seeing how the church is making an impact in this time. As I said, it wasn't always bad. For the Israelites in Egypt, it became bad because they grew into such a large number of people and they obviously influenced those around them as well. The Pharaoh got nervous and, it, they, and worried because they became such a powerful people. The Bible does not tell us why God allowed them to go into slavery, but we know that they did. The, the Bible doesn't tell us why the Israelites, why God allowed the Israelites to be subjected to this harsh treatment that came their way through the Egyptians. But we know that they did. You see, we want to know the whys. Why is this happening to me, Lord? Why are you doing this? Why is this so unfair? Now let me tell you, I believe, and I'll come back to that question in a moment, I believe that as we live in our Egypt, God wants us to be a blessing at this time. You see, while God wants us, and here's an important thing those to understand, is while God wants us to bless our Egypt, we must not allow Egypt to contaminate us. And although the Bible doesn't say that, I think it is possible 
that that is why they went into slavery. One of the reasons is because they eventually had too much of Egypt in them. And we know when the Bible speaks and what it means when the Bible speaks about Egypt or going back to Egypt. Because Egypt was definitely not a holy place. It was not a God-fearing place. It was a place filled with foreign gods, a place filled with idolatry, a place filled with oppression, a place filled with a, a pharaoh that oppressed as well and was a, definitely not a righteous man. It could have been that one of the reasons why God allowed them to be taken into slavery is because maybe in their lives, the sin of Egypt became a norm to them as well. Because that is what normally happens, is that slavery sometimes is a result of us allowing the world to creep in, to take control and to enslave us. And God sometimes gives us over to that for a while. You see, sometimes though, the good thing when we're in slavery is that God starts getting our attention. And He starts showing us the folly of our ways and, and the bitterness of our slavery and the ugliness of our bondage. But I want to tell you, the good news is that slavery is not the end. It is not the goal that God has in mind for you and me. You see, from time to time, maybe we're feeling that as a nation and as individuals at the moment, we feel the pain and the, the destruction of slavery. And, and, and if we get it right, and if God gets it right in our lives, that we, we, when we feel that, 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 that feeling of hopelessness, it, God brings us to a place where we understand hope and relief, the blessing that we are called towards. You see, slavery... Sin brings misery and bitterness in our lives. But it's not the end goal. Slavery is not the goal. It is a means to an end. Slavery in Egypt was not God's plan for His people. God wanted them to get out of it. And while they were remaining in it, God was trying to get their attention to come back to Him. And then He starts a process of cleansing in our lives. Let me tell you again, when we and I find ourselves in these difficult times, we spend most of our time asking why? Why God? Why are you allowing this? Why is this happening to me? And I think God is more interested in the what than the why of our circumstances. You see, we are not always aware of why God allows us to go, to go through the pain of slavery. We may have to spend less time asking why and spend more time and asking what God? What are you trying to say to me through this very difficult time? What are you saying? Not why. What are you saying? What have you got in it for me in this time? What are you trying to teach me, Lord, through these difficult times. So I encourage you, my dear friend, whatever's happening in your life, is stop asking the why question and start asking the what. What do you want me to learn? What is the goal? What is the purpose? What is the plan? Why is this important to me, Lord? You see, let me tell you again, God's goal is not slavery. God's goal is not bondage. God's goal is for us, every individual, to reach Canaan. 
He has Canaan in mind for his people, my friend. Canaan is the, is the place of land, the land of, of milk and honey, the place of blessing, the place of purpose, the place of promise. Now, some believe that we will only experience our Canaan in heaven and that it will definitely not be, be here on earth. Others believe that we will, like the Israelites, have a place of blessing and Canaan here. And we will uh, talk about that later as well. But let me tell you, in order for us to get to Canaan, the, the, the place of blessing, we have to also experience the place of Hoshem. And I want to tell you what Hoshem is because that's important for us to understand. Hoshem, my dear friend, was the area in which the Israelites lived and the word Hoshen basically means approaching or drawing near so if you look at the lives of the Israelites you can see here that God placed them in Hoshen which means to draw you near or to approach for you to approach and, and the idea I believe was here that in Hoshen the people of God would draw near to him while in the slavery the idea was not for them to move away or God to drive them away from himself but to draw them into his presence for them to learn about the idols and the false gods in their lives and to refocus on him because God's plan was right before Egypt that they would have a Canaan. Canaan was there before the land, before Egypt. But when you want to get to Canaan, you sometimes have got to go through Hoshen, where you learn about closeness, where you learn about intimacy, where you learn how to approach God and become close to him and soften our hearts so that cleansing and then ultimately deliverance and then the promise can be and can happen for us. I hope you're following my thinking today. You see, originally Egypt was not bad. It became bad because Egypt came into the people. Their lifestyle changed into an ungodly lifestyle. And I want to tell you that, 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 that because of that then, is that the result was slavery. They had to go into this bondage, into slavery. Slavery is bitter. It is hard. It is not the place where God wants you to be. But if God needs to get your attention, if He needs to get you into Hoshen, the place where you draw near to Him, He will allow you to go into the slavery and the pain of that slavery as well. Hoshen was a place. A place while they were in slavery, where God prepared them for the Passover, where God prepared them for their delivery. Now we know that nothing unholy can get into the presence of God. That we know. We know that we cannot approach God for, with our unholiness. If Egypt is too much in us, that God wants us to begin to get into a place of the Hoshen where we draw closer to Him and then to experience His deliverance through His deliverer, the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we experience that, He will take us through the wilderness into the promised land. And I'll come to that uh, in, uh, next week as well. Is that, that experience of deliverance. And then the, the plan of, of, of through the wilderness of Canaan, Canaan, the promised land. God wants us to draw near to Him at this time. Maybe we're into a Hoshen time where God says, you have been enslaved. You have too much Egypt in you. I need to remove Egypt out of you first before I can take you into a place of delivery. And then into a place where I can take you through this wilderness right into Canaan, you see. Slavery is never God's plan. Canaan is God's plan. 
But I believe that too many of us still are in slavery to sin. We're not getting the picture, the plan that God has got in this time of Hoshan maybe for us, drawing closer to you. I hope, I trust that you as an individual, that you as your family are drawing closer to God and allowing the filth of Egypt to be sorted out in this time and to repent and turn from it. So that when we come up to the place of redemption and freedom, that we would come out cleansed. And that we would meet our deliverer there. I pray that for each one of us individually and in our households as well. I pray for you today, my friend, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that you would meet Him in this time of pain and slavery and uncertainty. And maybe bondage even. And I'm not talking about... Uh, 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 anything else but just a place where God wants us to, to get our attention and say look to me find your deliverance in me and I'll come back to that next week but I pray for you today in Jesus name that Egypt you'll be free from Egypt in your life during this time and if you have never given your life to Christ or a bachelor believer or even a believer that's so contaminated by Egypt I pray freedom and it can only come through the Lord Jesus Christ. Won't you pray with me that God will set you free? I pray this in Jesus' name, the simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I come to you today as a sinner. I am in Egypt, full of Egypt. I want to be free. I confess my sin and independence from you today. I surrender my life to you in Jesus' name. If you have prayed that prayer, won't you write to us? Won't you go on our website and just click that there's a, a link there for new believers. Go on there and share with us a recommitment. Share it with us so we can rejoice with you in the time where we will give thanks to the Lord for what He has done. So believer, I pray in Jesus' name that God will take us through this time, maybe of bondage, through this time of painful experiences to get our attention in, in a place of Hoshem, God's nearness, so that we can enter in that time of deliverance through the wilderness into Canaan. Walk this road with me over the next couple of weeks. God bless you. God makes His face shine upon you. God give you peace. And God make you an instrument of peace. Open your mouth and speak His word to those in need. In Jesus' name, Amen.